Welcome, fans of the Justice League universe. My name is Sam. And my name is Rebecca. In this podcast, we analyze the DC films that are released by Warner Brothers Studios. The analysis that follows was put together by myself, Rebecca, but also with help from Alessandro and Sydney. And you can find all of us on Twitter, and you can follow the podcast at JLU Podcast. We are going to cover scene 27 of Wonder Woman, which is when Ludendorff comes in and has a little bit of a, a surprise for the German leadership down in their bunker. A quick little scene that reminds us of the threat of the villains, what they're up to. Because before now, we've had several scenes where we go into London, we see uh, Steve and Diana making progress towards getting their mission started. And we even have some lighter moments where they actually get some support. They meet some new friends that are going to go on the mission with them. And there's no immediate threats for a while. But now scene 27 is here to remind us of the threat that's kind of building up in the background. Oh, yeah, this this scene is actually pretty terrifying because this scene really hammers home the terrifying nature of what Dr. Poison is actually creating. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ludendorff at one point says one attack in the war can be ours. That's all it takes. Wow. This new technology that they're creating can have one effect and then the war is done. They don't have to fight. They can just do this one horrible thing and they can win the war and they don't have to worry about equipment or soldiers. They talk about the time and the the money that it's taking to to fight the war. And now with this awful creation that they're um, creating and experimenting with, they can now kill a lot of people with very little effort. And Mm -hmm. to me, that's really scary. And I think this scene... Uh, really brings that home, especially with the way that the scene ends. You actually get to see it in action and see the effects of what happens to them. And Ludendorff and Maru are both eager to use it. Like they don't have any hesitancy about, you know, the terror and the, you know, basically inhuman kind of damage that it's going to do. No, they want to use it. They're like, yes. So that's scary itself too, to know that the, some of the leaders are just itching to use that kind of stuff. And the the German leadership is skeptical because they've probably been dealing with Ludendorff and Maru for a while. And they're like, okay, like, yeah, you've had your chance, like, but we're kind of wrapping things up over here. But the audience of the movie, we know that they actually have had a breakthrough and that it actually is a legitimate, you know, gas that is working as intended. So as an audience, we know that this is actually much scarier and the German leaders don't realize that that they have figured it out. Yeah, and uh, Ludendorff mentions at the end of the scene, and I I guess we'll get to that in a little bit, but um, he mentions that they need to stage the devastation for the Kaiser, Mm -hmm. um, which, of course, is going to foreshadow what happens later on in the scenes where Diana's wearing that really pretty dress that, you know, she she puts her her sword in the back of. So you you get that foreshadowing there, but you also uh, find out as an audience member oh, they have to demonstrate what this is doing so that they can show the, the higher-ups what the, what the effects are and what they've come up with. And, and that, that is really scary that they, they treat it as if it's some magnificent breakthrough instead of, oh, this is one of the most horrible things you mm-hmm. could do to humanity. Yeah. And I, I like your point about the, the, the German leaders, the, the military leaders that we meet in the scene, that they, they don't have any faith in this. I can imagine that Ludendorff and Dr. Poison, maybe they had, you know, pitched something in, in previous meetings. They were like, hey, we're we're gonna we're gonna try this out and maybe it didn't work that time. And and so maybe these military leaders, it sort of feels like they've had enough 
of these two. Yeah. They're fed up with Ludendorff and, and Dr. Poison for not having accomplished anything. And that's probably why Ludendorff and Dr. Poison are eager to get maybe some revenge on them. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that stuck out to me in terms of that mention of little faith, Ludendorff says, mm -hmm. we could easily win this war if only you had a little faith. Yeah, I marked that line too. Yeah, and I, I think this... I, I was curious about it. So when I was thinking about it, I, I think that on, on one uh, hand, you could take it as it's kind of an Easter egg for Ludendorff possibly being Ares, if, if mm -hmm. that's the case, that, you know, winning the war is something that Ares would want to do. And, and maybe on uh, another level, it could be since since they don't really talk about a lot of belief systems in this film, there's no outright uh, religious imagery. Um, well, there's maybe one little shot there at the end when uh, Diana does the the big uh, kill shot to Ares. Mm -hmm. But there's not a lot of explicit belief system mentions, but there is a connection to Diana being a believer in love and how her belief in love wins the war. So maybe that's, you know, the faith mentioned there with winning the war is is tied to Diana's belief in love. Oh, so it's kind of like whichever side has faith or belief, they are going to win. And Diana like puts her faith and belief in love, which does help her win. So the way that I kind of read the line was, as like you said, the sort of um, red herring about Ludendorff being Aries, because faith to me is just a religiously connoted word. And he also like at the gala kind of says something to Diana about, you know, the gods of this. And it kind of feels very grandiose and like metaphysical almost. And so as a character, the fact that he makes those those big kind of religious tinged lines to me are misleading the audience into thinking that he is a God type of character. Oh, yeah. I think the fact that they talk about faith and, and we're dealing in a story with two gods ending up fighting each other, mm -hmm. I think I, I think is very pointed. Yeah. So let's go back to the start of the scene um, and just a, a few other things to mention. So. Ludendorff really bursts into this scene. Um, he comes through the doors and he's framed center and like walking with his like powerful stride, which we've mentioned before in our analysis. That seemed very purposeful with the filmmakers that they give Ludendorff very strong framing in terms of the shot and also strong blocking, like the way that they have him moving. So he comes into the scene that same way. Um, and it's interesting, he kind of bursts through the doors when, when usually I would think of Diana as the kind of character who like bursts through the doors in her own way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, re I really love this. It's just a, a you know, a, a camera shot choice that they, they have it. And it's just really beautifully framed and, and expertly composed the, the wide shot of Ludendorff coming in through the doors. And I think it's actually really fitting that the scene starts with him coming in the doors because at the end of the scene, we're going to see mm. that the doors get shut and yeah. closed and yep. locked. And uh, that's going to be very effective and important um, because they're not going to be able to get out. But mm -hmm. Ludendorff is able to storm in and get out. And he has total control of this whole situation. Mm -hmm. And uh, the way he comes in very commanding and like he he has power and, you know, he's showing authority. Um, he's, he's kind of lording it all over these people who are these military leaders. It, it sort of seems like Ludendorff is showing them that he's more powerful than them. So mm -hmm. I, I think the way that they they start and end the scene is really very fitting for what's going on. Yeah, and they are trying to marginalize him because like you were saying before, they maybe don't trust him anymore. Or they've given him a chance, but they've literally marginalized him because he was not included on this meeting, which is obviously an important meeting about the end of the war. 
And so he's sort of like, no, I'm going to bust in and I'm going to take over the powerful position of this situation. So I, I like what you said there. I also like that you brought up the door because when we were in London, we talked about in our analysis how the doors are really a construct of man's world. Mm. And in Amazon, there aren't doors. It's open space. Like leadership just means anybody can come, anybody can be heard and can be part of the dialogue. But in man's world, they have this door where women are supposed to stay out. And that's really emphasized in that scene in London. And now here, again, we have doors where it's like, nope, this is the door to where these Germans are meeting. That door is going to end up being an instrument of like their death. So some people might think it's silly, like we're reading so much into doors. But honestly, like with Zack Snyder confirming so much of this kind of motifs and thematic content, I think the same thing is here in Wonder Woman. I think that I'm convinced that this use and framing of the doors is actually purposeful. Oh, I uh, totally agree. As someone who read a lot into the horses in Batman v Superman, I 100% (laughs) agree. And I think that that's an interesting point to compare the man's world use of doors to the Amazonian sort of um, more open space is very interesting because when I think about this scene in Wonder Woman where they shut the doors and lock them, Mm -hmm. there is something to be said about the fact that the Amazons, even though they operate within themselves as very open, not a lot of doors, very open spaces in in the way that they live, but they do have a way to lock people out of Themyscira. They have that protective sort of force field covering that they use to uh, make sure that nobody can come in. So um, I, I think that there is something to be said about they they both man's world and the Amazonians or the Amazons, they take protective measures, but it's it's more lethal and deadly in this scene in Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. So Ludendorff makes his entrance. He gets in there. Um, they're talking about signing the armistice. One thing that I noticed here is that these German leaders uh, and von Hindenburg uh, in particular they talk about, you know, we're losing these soldiers' lives. Like, we need to end this war. There's so much death happening. And I thought that was interesting that the German leaders showed more concern over the loss of life than even that London um, Mm. general did. Like, the London general was kind of like, yeah, soldiers die, you know, whatever. Now, they were trying to end the war. Both sides are trying to end the war at this point, but the German leader expresses a concern for the loss of life. And to me, that goes to the idea that Yes, like from our perspective, the Germans were the enemies of World War One, but in the spirit of this movie, there's more grays, right? Like people have some good, some bad. There's still some humanity even in the bad guys. And so here, even though, yes, they're the enemies, the Germans, they still have innocent people or they still care about the loss of soldiers. Those are still people, you know, young men and women dying. So, you know, we can recognize their humanity. Yeah, I think that that's an interesting way to look at it, that there are people on that side that did care about the soldiers and and what was being lost. But I think that there might also be a little tinge of desperation, that they are on maybe the losing side. And the military leaders in London, maybe they don't care as much because they're like, ah, we're we're fine. We're we're winning. Everything's going our way. And, you know, maybe we have all these resources that we can lose because we have a lot of margin in our resources. Um, so I, I don't I don't know. I don't know if the, the, that you can make that case as well. But but I think for these German leaders in this scene, I think maybe they were just felt like they were losing and they just had to get out of it because it was uh, becoming more devastating for their uh, their money, their finances, and their, their loss of life. Mm-hmm. So 
they're pushing for the armistice. They're kind of trying to make it happen. And Ludendorff is mad at them because he says the Kaiser is only going along with this armistice because you're recommending it to him. Like, so Ludendorff is pretty angry about that. Um, but then von Hindenburg kind of gives it right back to Ludendorff. And he refers to um, Dr. Maru as like his witch, you know, so in a very derisive way about that, which, you know, alludes to some interesting dynamics maybe between Ludendorff and Maru versus the other le- leadership in the, the German side. Von Hindenburg, I do want to say he's played by Rainer Bach, and I want to give Rainer Bach credit just because I really love the line when he, when he cuts off Ludendorff and he says, Ludendorff, enough. <laughs> I just thought that's a perfect like German accent kind of line. So I love that one. It's great delivery. Um, I, 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 I'll try not to uh, continue to try to uh, say it again and again while I'm walking around my house just because it's, it's so much fun to say, Ludendorff, enough. <laughs> but uh, I, I have a terrible accent, uh, German accent. But it is a great line delivery and very memorable from the scene. And it does show that he is he's fed up with Ludendorff, that he just wants him to shut up and go away. Yeah. By the way, I know you loved the line delivery of one of the um, black Amazons on the beach, and she's now an actress in Krypton. Did you notice that? I did see that there um, a cu- I think there are a couple of uh, DCEU actresses who are now on Krypton. Oh, cool! Which is pretty awesome. When I saw her get the part in Krypton, and she has a pretty big part, um, and she's doing a good job with it from what I've seen so far. I thought of you though because I wondered if like her line delivery on the beach if that's like what got her the Krypton part because <laughs> she does nail you know what she nails that line. I would I would hire her based on just that that one line <laughs> I I would totally be like you're hired whatever part you want to play you can take it <laughs> yeah but with this line Ludendorff enough uh, I think the composer Gregson Williams must have liked it as well because he named the song here he named it Ludendorff enough I think <laughs> it's a great great track yeah. yeah. So um, now I think when Ludendorff came in here, he was actually going to give them a chance. I think if the Germans would have listened to Ludendorff and said like, okay, let's let's try your thing one more time or whatever, Ludendorff would have walked out there peacefully. But because they didn't listen to him, then Ludendorff's like, okay, plan B, um, send in Dr. Maru and she she throws the gas down into the room, which also was filmed in kind of a cool way um, with her coming in and kind of sliding it out and the blocking of it I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, it's a memorable shot from one of the trailers. Like the, that to me, when she throws the can, it's it's very uh, iconic for me now that, that that's what I think of when I think of Dr. Poison uh, from this movie is that shot and how it's so cool looking just the way it's mm-hmm. enacted. But I, it's terrifying because she's throwing this lethal weapon that is going to kill everyone in that room. Mm-hmm. It's awful, but um, in a visual style, it, it looks really cool. And I, I do agree that I think Ludendorff was uh, willing to work with them when he came in mm-hmm. uh, to see what they had to say. But uh, you, you talk about line delivery. I really like the actor who plays Ludendorff when he says, it is over for you. Mm-hmm. A villain line right there. Yeah, he really kind of growls a little bit in his voice. It gets lower and, and more terrifying. And then he says, it is over for all of you. And uh, I really like the way he delivers those two lines because um, it's a it's a little bit, it's, it's a quick foreshadowing because it doesn't last too much longer uh, for them to actually end up being killed. But it is a little mm-hmm. death foreshadowing there. So I really like that. And I think... It's a nice bit of dialogue, but I don't know if it's true because I think the the war still continues for them because they end up still fighting. They're they're maybe not fighting the other side in the war, but they're fighting each other. And when they try to 
go for the gas mask to mm-hmm. save themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is still a little war that goes on even up until their their ultimate deaths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they this kind of a, a cruel twist of the knife. They throw the gas yeah. mask in there, which is worthless because of the new new poison gas. Now, I like throwing the mask in there just as a villain move, you know, really adding insult to injury. But I don't like the sinister laugh that they have because they said, like, you know, the, that gas is the, the mask is useless, which is helpful to the audience to remind us that this gas will go through gas masks. And then Ludendorff says, but they don't know that. I'm fine with all of that. But then they, like, cackle and, like, they, like, bend their knees as they laugh, like, this big villain laugh. And the music is like, yeah, and the music is like overly dramatic and it's almost over the top where I'm like, okay, you could have dialed it back a couple notches and I think it would have been (laughs) a lot better. But yeah, you didn't have to dial that maniacal laugh up to 11. You could you could you could have turned it maybe back down to like a three or a four. Yeah. Or Um, even if he said, you know, like, but they don't know that. And then he kind of like walked off or something. I think it would have been better than but they don't know that. Let's laugh about it together. Like. Yeah, I think that would have actually been really scary if he just said, but they don't know that, mm-hmm. and then walked off. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. Um, but yeah, it does come across as maniacal laugh, maniacal laugh. Uh, so <laughs> I, 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 they could have maybe handled that a little bit better. Yeah, but it's really just the the little icing at the end there. You know, the, the scene overall, I think, is pretty pretty effective, and it hits a lot of beats in a pretty efficient way. Uh, I like the von Hindenburg character kind of having his little showdown with Ludendorff. Um, so a lot of really good stuff there. And then um, does Ludendorff take his his special gas here again? I actually couldn't quite remember that. He does. Okay. Uh, right after they, um, the they, the, the throw the mustard gas in, they shut the door. Uh, right before they leave, he 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 takes a big whiff of that stuff. Okay. And so it, a little reminder there for, going the, through for the audience. Veins. Yeah. Yeah. And that, so there's a couple things that they definitely put into this scene to try to keep us still believing that maybe he's Ares. I mentioned this before, but like they're trying to make us think that he's Ares. And then so one of my friends thought, well, then he must not be Ares because they're trying to make us think he's Ares. And so my friend thought that Dr. Maru was going to be Ares and it was going to be like mm. a, a woman was going to be the twist. But yeah, they're definitely trying to, you know, throw us some red herring stuff um, on Ludendorff. And then uh, the last thing I think here in the scene you already kind of mentioned, which is that. He says, you know, like, now let's go stage a demonstration for the Kaiser. So that's the one where it's like, okay, it points to the the future events that are going to happen later on in the movie. Yeah, and it, and it shows that they are taking it to the next level. It's not just staying down there in this little kind of dungeon room wherever they are. He's going up the ladder now to the mm-hmm. <laughs> to the executives or to the the the, uh, the higher generals or whoever in the military. He's He's taking this to the next level. Yeah. All right, that's our analysis of scene 27 of Wonder Woman. So uh, next up, I think we'll probably hang around with Wonder Woman a little bit more uh, as we're closing in on getting pretty close to the one-year anniversary of that movie. Um, But thanks so much for listening, and thanks for your support. Uh, Thanks also to Suicide Squadcast and Man of Steel Answers for putting out your good DCEU content.